Merson has scored. Arsenal legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea, and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event. So if you want to be there, get onto offtheball.com forward slash events. Just eat the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. Column, we catch our breaths. I have to confess, you see the fixtures and you think, okay, maybe the first one will be interesting. But we've witnessed a dramatic day in HQ. Brilliant afternoon, Jonathan. Um, great football, two great semi-finals. Um, tactically, both team, uh, both matches were, were um, different, but um, lots of good tactics on display. But re- really, um, entertaining day, and looking forward now to the Leinster final in two weeks' time. We'll have to rewind back to the first game, which seems like a lifetime ago. This was the one that we thought was going to be even and balanced, and it was very much. We needed extra time to separate the sides. Yeah, no, in fairness, um, I, I'd say Loud probably should have won the match for three times, and that's a credit to Offaly. Offaly never um, gave up, and um, the fighting spirit maybe on, on behalf of Liam Kieran, but they were brilliant to wear, and they, and they fought and took nails at the end. But Loud, Loud probably shaded it on, on quality. They were set up very well. Um, I think tactically, the placing of Kieran down, he started behind all the attacks and him running on late really paid dividends with him scoring seven points from play um, in the um, before extra time. But um, so um, they were really really good uh, tactically. As I said, to you uh, it, it was a great game watching the teams trying to cancel each other out and, and um, bringing on their subs and trying to have their finishing teams. But I think Loud shaded and deserved it in the end for that match. It's funny, like you think about a loud, a loud uh, sharpshooter. I know he's coming back from injury, but you're thinking of the centre forwards. But it's not. It was the full forward, in fact, as he touched on there, that did all the damage. But I suppose the roles flipped in an extra time. They did, yeah. Now, um, like when you have a player like um, Sam Roy, you, you want him on the pitch as long as possible. It wasn't going from the first half, but he hasn't played football. I think in six or seven weeks he's been injured, uh, and he, he, he's made a really good comeback. Um, they reckon he'd be out for twelve weeks, so he's back ahead of time. So um, you can see he definitely got better in the end, and they positioned him closer to the goals. Era where, where maybe the um, first half a first um, match he was out around the middle and kind of making things happen but he moved in and he hung in there and he spun and he looped uh, and his accuracy he got his eye in once you get that first kick and the confidence builds you could see he was demanding the ball afterwards and, and, and a credit to him and it, it, like, it's brilliant to have people like that who can score like um, at will so they had Kieran and, and Sam and they scorers everywhere in the pitch they had a lot of scorers I think um, as we, we discussed they might score something 25 from play which is outstanding shooting in fairness to them the key was well, I thought for Loud as well, that we were able to go on those busts. It was six in the second half of normal time and then I think six one in the first half of extra time. Ultimately they were the kind of deciding factors. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like what happens when you when you go go into them leads um, is you go into survive mode then sometimes and you let the team come on top of you. And sometimes that's a difficult lead, believe it or not, to, to, to defend when you're five and six in front and you're looking at the clock going down and then before you know it a goal goes in. Like both times when Offaly made their comebacks, they got their goals and the goals gave them a big shot so they were cut get um, closing five point leads down to three point leads which always made the game interesting so anytime Loud were five or six in front obviously seemed to get the goal twice and that brought it back the leads back and, 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 and brilliant finishes at the end and even though in the start of extra time obviously started with the brighter team they scored the first point and they had another chance to, to go ahead and they missed that so it could have been very different had, they, had those scores gone over so Mickey Hart has worked his magic again and you can just tell even from Chattenham just downstairs there he is just cannot wait for this Leinster final Oh, without doubt. Like, see, I think what they'll do is they bring something different. Like, they played Dublin here in the league match in Crow Park, right? And, and were fairly competitive for three quarters to it. And that's brilliant to take away and, and to give the confidence to the team and train. I think they'll try something. I think they'll practice something and train and they'll bring something different to it. He's not afraid to make changes. Like, he brought in Dylan McKeown there today. He was only on the panel three, three, three or four weeks and he scored two points. So he did his job in the first half. He replaced him then and brought in fresh legs. And he has, he has his team very well conditioned. He's got speed all over the park. If you look at an awful lot of things that's um, been different from Loud this 
this year is the defenders chip in with three and four points per match like you see Niall Sharkey keep two points there like they're always getting up and joining the attack he likes players coming from deep and um, and that's modern football he, there's no real positions on the, on the game anymore the players come from anywhere um, he encourages people to shoot at certain when they get into certain zones and like it's all good so they're there on merit they deserve to be and uh, I don't think they'll fear Dublin too much of course it is the first appearance or will be the first appearance in a Leinster final since that infamous goal down to her behind us there it was ironically enough it was the goal that might have been a goal in the in the second half of, of extra time but loud you know they're going to be buzzing and you touched on there with Mickey Hart he won't fear Dublin in the slightest no no and, and like in fairness to Mickey like if you listen to any of his interviews and his talk he's always talking about progress and improvements and stuff like that and, that, and nothing will change he'll be focusing on, on the lads and saying look I mean, if, we, if we have another 5% to improve on who knows where that'll bring us and they'll be working hard in that training like they'll, 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 they'll get back in the training ground this Tuesday you know they'll recover from the knocks you know he's a good panel there he's got good fellas he's got good size all around the panel and tactically they're very very good um, James Calliff in the goals is excellent with his kickouts um, like you, you know you have your long kickouts you have short kickouts and your mid-range kickouts and mid-range for me are key and he gets an awful lot of them mid-range kickouts away and when you get a mid-range kickout away you're nearly guaranteed a shot on goal and Loud seem to have done a lot of work on, on getting their mid-range kickouts away You've touched on goalkeepers. I think you know where I'm going with this one. Do, yeah. We are all, you know, there was a little bit, Crowbark wasn't jammed over 30,000 in the end, but it certainly wasn't that when we came in here first um, this morning. But there was a buzz around the place. We saw this before when he was back on the panel. Now he's back starting. How much of a boost do you think that gave Dublin? Look, I don't think he put a foot wrong out there today. His handling was excellent. Like Ben McCormick, who had a great game for Ben Calaire, put three into the keeper's hands, three into his hands. And that's three counter-attacks you're giving away. You give Stephen Cluxton the ball, that's a counter-attack. The way he can whip that ball um, out really quickly. And, uh, you, you know, I think they might have got a score off one or two of them. So, I mean, that's what he brings to the, to the table. Like, I mean, he can set up an attack with just the ball being spun on the outside of his boot. I think it gave him a great boost. Um, he didn't put a foot wrong. As I said, his handling was good. He punched the ball, which is brilliant. That shows that um, his decision making is clear he, uh, you know, the ball was coming in high, it was a dangerous ball took no chances, just cleared it about 20 metres, 30 metres from his goal um, he missed a, a 45 which probably he needs to practice a little bit, but the rest of his game was, was, was excellent and, and made a great save in the third minute, again the Calair had a good chance and a good one on one and he made a good save, that's why they brought him back, you know, he gives the team confidence and they're moving for kickouts. Well, you know, they know that if they move hard he'll put the ball on their chest, and so again you know, when you bring a person that age back, you're always saying, like, has he lost anything? But by, uh, by looking at that, it doesn't look like he lost too much. Perhaps, though, the Dublin performance was a lot flatter. It was certainly, uh, we were chatting there during the game, the shot selection in the second half in particular, I can think of one Fenton effort from over by the Cusack on his bat foot. He would never have done that in a million years. He shot 11 wides in total. Dublin were a bit flat today. Yeah, that's strange. I, I, I think certainly the second half to kick seven or eight wides. And, and that's not like them. Um, it's, it, after sort of scoring so much last week against Leash, you would have expected that you know their, their shooting boots were on and the Roy was in there today. But no, I think credit m- must go to Kildare because um, like I've seen Kildare play loud this year in, in RD and um, they certainly didn't set up like that. Like they put 15 behind the ball and their time was 15 behind the balls um, in, the, in their own 45. And that's what you need to do when you play Dublin. You have to make it a dogfight. Unfortunately, it's, it's probably not a great spectacle. But it wasn't in trial and game because like, with that um, they made Dublin shoot from kind of longer angles and they kind of pressed them out and they pressed off their shape nice and wide so Dublin kind of took pot shots which they don't do as you say so that's probably something that Dublin will go back in and they'll say look just a little bit more patience we need to work the ball we need better ball circulation better player movement to create them gaps and for, for their shots that's what they normally do but um, just seem to be a little bit off that sort of decisions um, today It's twofold really Kildare have had a lot of bad negativity through the 
the league campaign in general it seems to be a lot of doom and gloom and then the the threat not the, it's that much of a, a drop down in terms of playing Talton Cup but it's important for Gildare to be in the top flight you know competition they've got there they survived you can tell how relieved Glen Ryan is but they've surely got to take you know elements of that performance and repeat that now that's the key for Gildare Look, the, the, the thing is, when, when you're involved with county teams like Kildare, and, um, you have to just um, shut away the noise. It's about the group and nothing else. Um, I thought what they were done today was really, really good. They kept some good players back onto the, um, onto the second half. So they had a finishing team and a starting team, which is really good um, um, management of, the, uh, of their group. They, they set up to stay in the game. That's modern football. Unfortunately, that's what you have to do. Like they, they, they shouldn't be interested in what people think about Kildare wanting to play freestyle in football. Kildare need to... Um, they have the players. Like They were very unfortunate to be relegated last year for Division 1 like they, they came down on 5 points so that they're a really good team and, and I think there's a feeling around the county that they have better players and so on so maybe tactically there today they change a little bit and it suited them right? because they were very very dangerous and, and with the fact that they were staying in the game they could have snuck a goal like they brought Daniel Flynn on and, and he caused a little bit of havoc at times and he looked like he had a little bit of magic dust that he could have done something special so you know they have that element there they've got some really good forwards it's just about you know creating a system that will get the best out of them and today like I think it gave them confidence. You could see that grew, they grew into the game, that they were staying and they, like they were fist pumping when they got good scores, when they got turnovers, when they got things like that. And that's really good to see, you know. And, and I think they were confident in the setup that they had today, and that that was very important because you need that. And it kind of looked like they might have sprung a little surprise in Dublin. Like Dublin didn't seem to expect that because like they got back so quickly from the from the get go, and, and you could see Dublin then had to kind of think and change their game and their strategy. You know, the second half in particular, you're thinking there are 10 minutes to go and the game is level. As you touched on it, maybe not one for the Pures, but it was an enthralling tactical battle, a pure chess match. Like, the, any tactical nerd would have been glued to that. Look, it's, it, there's, a, there's loads of things there. When, you're, when you've got a group like that and, and, and you're playing against systems like that, it's not about... Um, it, it, it's about attacking and attacking your team, your opposition with your defence. So that means you get set up really quickly, OK? And you have to try to make sure that you can slow their defence down, disrupt any counter-attacks. Plus, if you turn the ball over, you have to go really, really hard. And I thought it was evident there, like in the first half, like the whole full forward line scored, right? And then Ben McCormick scored as well. So the four um, forwards had, had, had scored. Now, they spent a lot of time behind the ball. So for them, actually, then to get ahead of the ball showed that they were really really working hard so that was really really positive and that's the way the football's gone now and what you need to do is you need to be able to replace them guys with fresh legs who'll do the exact same role and I, I think they tried to do it in credit to them and it caused Dublin an awful lot of problems Dublin struggled to break them down and Dub- Dublin struggled right which Dublin are really really good at is disrupting counter-attacks so what Kildare seemed to do is they moved the ball before they were into, they were hit so that was a real evident they weren't carrying the ball at defence they were moving it at angles and they got out very very quickly so they didn't give the Dublin a chance to disrupt their counter attacks hence they got up the field an awful lot and were able to get into the scoring zones win freeze and get shots away I gotta ask you before I go Meads we all thought they were going to be here today there's probably elements of what you've just described there that need to be implemented I think of Galway under Parik Joyce maybe starting off and not quite romantic notions but have a clear why I'm going to play this stylish football it just doesn't work now does it? No, it doesn't, right? And and again, before we speak about Mead, um, one of the main points I think about Loud is like like Loud are building the system now for three years. When Mickey Hart took over, they were in Division Four. It was the COVID league, and they got a couple of promotions. But they got a chance to build the system, and they really have a fine tune. And again, like, like a lot of people will look at it and say it's negative. It's not negative. You're setting up to win the ball back to attack. There's a different thing. You're not setting up to stop a team um, sort of scoring. You're setting up to win the ball back so they're, they're attack. I, I don't know much about Mead at the moment, but I know when, when I was there with Mead, uh, like we kind of fell between two stools at the time because um, we felt that we wanted to play some sort of a, an attacking brand of football, but we needed a, a defensive element. 
and, and so sometimes you're kind of in between two stools where you're better off probably committing to one or the other but if you commit to the latter like the attacking football you're going to be exposed badly against the likes of teams of, like Galway and um, sort of Dublin so you have to really unfortunately nowadays it's what Clare did today you have to really attack um, set up like that and then if you can work on your attacking system from that that's modern football and that's I think how you how you see these teams playing now lastly I'm just fascinated by the discussion leave it aside me there whatever ground is there a place in modern football for old school 15 on 15 you know let's go out and play let's go out and attack well see what, what, what happens there um, Jonathan I think is right um, a lot of teams kind of would like to play like that but they kind of morph into whatever their opponents are doing so look it's like this if you drop 15 players behind the ball and only send 10 to break them down you won't break it down so you have to send 15 up to break that down. So that's why you end up having 15 against 15 in one half a lot of time. So what a, t- a lot of teams mirror what other teams do. So again, there's n- n- numerous different phases of attacks. There's counter-attacks, there's your set up from your kickouts, and then there's your attack when you're slowed down. So teams will be working on all them, but everybody would love, if a team lined out 30, 15 against 15, the, you know, p- players will mimic that and will play that. But of course they don't. They're all kind of morphing into what their opponents are doing based on that. But again, for me, one of the big things is, I've I seen it there a couple of times there, when Dublin were dropped 15 behind the ball regular so if you don't send 15 players up to match that right Dublin have a numerical advantage they'll eventually turn you over and they'll counter and what happens is teams get spooked and they don't like to send they leave two or three back so basically you have probably Kildare attacking at times there with 12 against 15 very very difficult to do so you have to manage that so look again you'd like to see um, 15 against 15 but it, it doesn't really happen even like the day of the sweepers are gone now it's double sweepers now and it's extra players back and it's rotating sweepers and, and, and all that sort of stuff but look I, I'm fascinated by it and I think you know there's a, there's a move then people kind of say it's not great to watch it is good to watch it's just a different style of football now. and again when you get a good counter attack where um, you've got good combination football foot pass and um, hand pass fellas running off the shoulder it's as good as anything